Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is 9.30 in the p.m. on Wednesday, March 14th. I um I usually start out with a quote, but I was watching a movie the other night, and this is a movie made back in the 40s. Actually, um might have even been the 50s. I'm not quite sure. But um, it really does encapsulate how I feel about the majority of the people that are walking around on this in this United States today. It's um it's one thing to not know the Constitution Bill of Rights, but it's another thing to just be aimlessly trotting around and not caring about what's happening to your country. So this is a great little clip that I want to play for everyone. A garden variety type of human experience. Yes, and makes the law up as he goes along. Out of common sense, yes. In fact, Professor, the way I see it, you don't live in this country. You just take up room in it. Now, Joseph... That's quite all right. Discussion amongst friends. Of course. Delightful. All you know about the American scene is what you read in newspapers and magazines. Somebody else's impressions, hashed up for lazy people. If you don't feel it yourself, you've learned nothing. Just like having somebody tell you about his operation. So that was um that was an awesome movie that um that I ended up watching almost in uh in entirety the other night just because of that one little section and it's uh it's talk of the town uh you guys can go research it if you want really great movie um it's a professor that basically steps out of his own little character and goes out and explores a world and, and finds a whole different world of opportunity but you know side issue um as you guys well know the um the format of the show changed last time we're going to go back to the regular format which is I'm going to hit you with a little bit of the news then I'm going to jump right into the topic of the week and actually change the topic of the week um, this afternoon due to what happened while I was out of town. I actually just went out of town to Mexico, and um, I'm going to dive into a little bit of that because the first news item that I have kind of piggybacks on my experience with traveling um, internationally. So first news item I have, item I have, and if you guys want to follow along, you can. You can go to um, my website, wearenotcattle.net, click on the on-air icon. It'll take you to the post, and then from there you can see the hyperlinks to all the articles that I reference and um, just give you an, another point of of contact to get to the show and also to see all this documentation that I have because Everything that I'm bringing up to you is not going to be just an opinion that I have. Well, it might be an opinion, but it's actually going to have some backing behind it. So you can go back and, and look at the actual article that I'm referencing. And then if it takes you to another level and you want to go out and research and do your own um, finding and try to draw up your own understanding, then then by all means uh, have at it. So as I said before, the show is not infotainment. It is something – to get people involved and get people aware of what's really going on outside of their little bubble, which everybody loves and becomes accustomed to 
and sometimes has a um, has a tough time breaking with it. But the uh, first news item is about the TSA and talking about the Orlando International Airport is trying to opt out of using the TSA. They're going to opt out and try to privatize the TSA rather than have it be the the goon force of the federal government. So this article is very near and dear to me because I went to Mexico this past weekend, and my experience with the TSA was not terrible, but it wasn't pleasant either. So as you're walking through – First, as you're walking through the airport, you go through the initial screening where they they kind of look at your your bags or in your bag. They look at your passport and your ticket, and they do a little highlighter check. Then you got to go stand in the in the cattle feed line and take your shoes off because evidently some guy tried to blow up a plane with a shoe bomb, but it's a side issue altogether. So you take your shoes off and you walk through and you put them on the little conveyor belt. Now I saw in front of me about 20 yards was the um, the old school metal detectors that used to go off, you know, and when you walk through it. And then off to the right they had the microwave oven or otherwise known as the body scanner, which for those of you that don't know has actually been proven to have high levels of radiation and I for one don't like a ton of radiation, you know, if I got to get x-rays or anything like that, I don't want to radiate myself walking through the TSA checkpoint four or five times and then have to go get an x-ray. It's just it's a little overdoing it for me. So I thought that, hey, I'm going to get to walk right through this um, metal scanner, metal detector. And um, I try to walk through it, and the guy says, no, 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 you got to go through here. And I said, well, I'm going to opt out of the scanner. So most of the people, I would say 90, I did not see one other person opt out of the scanner other than myself. But they make an absolute huge deal out of this. First of all, they put you off to the side in this like little glass box, and then they say, we got an opt-out. I need a male opt-out over here. I need a male opt-out, and then you finally get somebody that comes over. The guy that came over and gave me my you know, pat-down or whatever was a pretty big dude, so I walked back there, and I was already fuming at this point because I just – I don't – I don't like turning into Nazi Germany. I really don't think unwarranted checkpoints are anything that we need to be concerned with. You know, I think that there are better ways to 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 manage the system that we're in, but that's a side issue altogether. So I get over to the to the little, you know, rub down area and the guy says, Well, spread your hands, spread your legs and then he tells me what he's going to do to me. It's kind of like, you know, it doesn't make it okay if a rapist tells you it's he's gonna, I'm I'm about to rape you. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm about to take your pants off and I'm going it doesn't make it any better. So the guy tells me what he's going to do and then and then he just proceeds to go up my leg all the way up to the to where your hip meets your leg and does a little feeling. And then he says, "Well, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to do your buttocks now." And he and he does your butt, and it gets really uncomfortable. And then he's like, well, I'm going to do your waistband. And at this point, I was like, okay, he's just going to go around the side of my waist to make sure there's nothing in there. Puts his two fingers inside of my waistband and rubs it around. And people, I can't tell you how uncomfortable that makes you feel. I mean, just have some random person come up to you and say, hey, I'm going to put my hands inside your waistband and go all the way around your waist. It makes you very uncomfortable. So I get through with all of that. Go to Mexico, have my trip in Mexico, everything's fine. Walk through the checkpoint in Mexico coming back to the United States. Don't have to take my shoes off. Walk through a metal detector. They've got a little bomb-sniffing dog, and that was it. Now, why is this happening? Well, it's it's a multitude of reasons, and it's stuff that I'm going to get into later on in the show. So 
my next the next um the next news item I wanted to get up to was the um, the Google secret, you know, being the Department of Justice didn't want that it's a leak out that Google is actually working with the NSA. And the reasons they're doing it is twofold. And I linked to the article from um from infowars.com and they actually go into in depth with hyperlinks as to all the um all the other adjacent articles that kind of support the argument for it. But um the one thing that you can see is I have this one link for the CT study. Well, the CT study actually goes into talking about how they were using Google Insight in order to try to predict the mass movement that was going on over in Egypt when they um, when Hazi Mubarak got um, got booted out of out of office over there. So one of the quotes that I saw that was really interesting is says Google Insights is a free service which allows researchers to conduct near instant analysis of search terms typed into Google search engine. Well, why would you want to know search terms? Well, think about this way. If you can figure out what a person's looking for, or more importantly, a, a multitude of things that they're looking for, you can almost put together a, a jigsaw puzzle, if you will, of who that person is and what they're thinking at that point in time. And if you could think about that and then expand it out and you take a larger and larger and larger sample, you could almost predict what that person's going to do just by knowing their search habits, knowing what they've been looking at, and kind of getting an idea of where they've been going and what they've been doing. So that's the reason that Google and the NSA partner so well together is because you willingly give your information to Google on things that you want to go search, you know, things that interest you, topics. So if they were to if they were to ironically if they keep all that information they could actually put a, put together a psychological profile of you um and probably track trends in you track trends in your mood track trends in in what you're doing what you're what you're checking out what interests you and so that way they would be able to predict all kinds of things from that so the next item that I do want to get into continuing is the uh, the Obama impeachment papers being submitted. Now, you haven't heard this from the mainstream media, and I selfishly linked to my own article, which actually links to the the actual legislation submitted by Walter Jones, a Republican representative from North Carolina. Basically, he talks about – and it's a very short, concise – he talks about how you know Barack Obama violated Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution, which is use of military force without congressional approval. Now, some people and I had a little Facebook battle the other day about this, but and one person brought up the War Powers Act, and I was quick to remind them that the War Powers Act still has to get congressional approval. So that actually piggybacks – into the topic for today, and the topic for today is the military-industrial complex. Now, everybody knows what that is and has heard that term before, but I think I'm going to really open up your eyes to see the machine that is the military-industrial complex and how it has affected our society and how it even affects our country and our nation and even our perception of other countries. So to start it out, I do have a clip here from from Eisenhower's farewell speech where he, he talks about the military-industrial complex and the only way that we can keep it in check is having an informed public. So here's Eisenhower, one of our presidents, on his farewell speech letting us know what the future is going to hold and trying to give us a little bit of forewarning to say, hey, you guys need to keep these people in check because otherwise it will get out of control. Crises there will continue to be. In meeting them, whether foreign or domestic, great or small, there is a recurring temptation 
to feel that some spectacular and costly action could become the miraculous solution to all current difficulties. A huge increase in newer elements of our defenses, development of unrealistic programs to cure every ill in agriculture, a dramatic expansion in basic and applied research. These and many other possibilities, each possibly promising in itself, may be suggested as the only way to the road we wish to travel. And that really does link in with what we're going to talk about here in the future. You know, it talks about the only way that we're going to be able to do X or the only way that a civilization is going to be able to do X is that if we intervene. So that brings me to the Libyan war. And I say war, and I know it was a kinetic action, and we're getting into semantics. But we really do need to discuss this because this made me – it made me, number one, pretty upset because there was no reason for us to go over to Libya other than to to get the raw materials that they have. And let's just be real. The United States does not have a lot of net raw materials and net minerals. So in order for us to maintain our stature of life and have all these raw materials, we have to get them from other countries. And what better way to get them other than just going over and straight conquering them? So, you know, it actually – I linked to an article from the New York Times where where it talks about that, you know, Barack Obama didn't have any congressional approval to go over there. And it mentions Rand Paul and a couple of other senators that are kind of – that were kind of up in arms in this. And they should have been up in arms in this for, for two major reasons. Number one, launching wars without congressional approval or calling it a no-fly zone or whatever you want to call it. You're killing people in order for not only for self-preservation for the United States. It's not like you were protecting us, and it's not like you were protecting one of our allies. You were going over there for a selfish reason that was to remove a dictator that you guys put into power and you even made trade agreements with. And the British, the British made trade agreements with him, you know, the year prior. So you see, you see, the military-industrial complex will manipulate the public into thinking that we're going over there for the greater good of humanity, and it's always under humanitarian aid. But there's always, once again, in this show, it's it's always going to be second-level thinking. You can't just look at the the nice thin crust that they're going to sell you. You have to take it a step further. So obviously the Rothschilds didn't have a central bank over there, so they wanted to get that in, and that was established within the first week. And then we removed Gaddafi, and now the country is in complete turmoil, and then the al-Qaeda flag shows up over Libya, which I thought al-Qaeda was the bad guys, but I'm not sure. But transitioning off of that, let's get into where we are today. And what I found when I was on vacation was very, very scary. I get back, and I didn't think in four days that anything major could have happened. Boy, was I wrong. Leon Panetta, amongst the other Joint Chiefs of, uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff for the Armed Forces, basically told uh, Senator Jeff Sessions that we don't we don't need approval from Congress anymore to launch wars. We get our approval elsewhere. We can either get it from the UN, we can get it from NATO, or we can get it from any other authority that we deem fit or any other coalition that we deem fit. I actually have a clip of this, so pay close attention because what what Leon Panetta says here is in direct violation of the Constitution, and, and Senator Sessions is sitting there just awestruck thinking this man is straight up telling me that I don't have any power, yet I have the Constitution in front of me saying I do. I do. Excuse me. So here's the clip, and 
try to keep your mouth closed when you hear it, but it's absolutely jaw-dropping. Are, are you saying, and is the president taking the position, he would not act um, if it was in our interest to do so if the U.N. Security Council did not agree? When it comes to uh, uh, the kind of military action where we want to build con uh, a coalition and work with our international partners, then obviously we would like to have some kind of legal basis on which to do it as we did in Libya. Now, some sort of legal basis. We worried about international legal basis, but nobody worried about the fundamental constitutional uh, legal basis that this Congress has over war. We were not asked uh, stunningly in, in direct violation of the War Powers Act whether or not you believe it's constitution. It certainly didn't comply with it. We spent our time worrying about the UN, the Arab League, NATO, and too little time, in my opinion, worried about the elected representatives of the United States. Do you think that you can act without Congress uh, to and initiate a no-fly zone in Syria without congressional approval? You know, again, uh uh, our, our goal would be to, uh, to seek international permission, and uh, we, would, we would come to the Congress uh, and inform you uh, and determine uh, how best to approach this, uh, whether or not we would uh, want to get uh, permission from the Congress. Uh, I think those are issues we would have to discuss as we decide what to do here. Well, I'm almost breathless about that, because what I heard you say is we're going to seek international approval and they will come and tell the Congress what we might do, and we might seek congressional approval. No, well, I want to just say to you, that's a big dish. Wouldn't you agree uh, you've served in the Congress? Yeah. Wouldn't you agree that that uh, would be pretty breathtaking to the average American? So would you like to clarify that? But I've, uh, I, I... No, Jeff, he doesn't want to clarify it, because what he's basically telling you is sit down and shut up and let the men do work. So, and I also disagree with Jeff's um, assessment that the American public would care. Most of the American public doesn't even, they don't know. I mean, if you if you got all up in arms and said, I can't believe the UN just said that we can send troops over there. Most people would be like, well, the UN, we're part of the UN, right? That's fine. That's no big deal. So, Senator Sessions basically just got told that, um, yeah, you guys are ceremonial now, sit down, shut up, and we'll tell you where we're going to put the troops. So, and here's another, here's another clip with Panetta, and he tries to get him to say, hey, you know, let's, let's try this again. And then Panetta comes right back. And this is kind of a longer clip, so stay with me. And then, uh, then we'll wrap up. But you, before we do this, you would seek permission of the international authorities. If we're, work, if we're working with an international coalition and we're working with NATO, uh, we would uh, want to be able to uh, get uh, appropriate permissions in order to be able to, to do that. That's, that's something that you know, all of these countries would want to have some kind of legal basis on which to act. What legal basis are you looking for? What, what entity? Well, I, obviously, the U, if, if NATO made the decision to go in, that would be one. Uh, if uh, if we if we developed an international coalition beyond NATO, uh, then obviously some kind of UN security resolution would so be an, the on, for a that. coalition of. So you're saying NATO would give you a legal basis, and uh, um, an ad hoc coalition of nations 
would provide a legal basis? If we, if we, if we were able to put together a coalition uh, and uh, were able to move together, then obviously we would seek whatever legal basis we would need in order to make that uh, uh, justified. I mean, you, you, you know, we, we can't just pull them all together uh, in a uh, combat operation without getting the, uh, the legal basis on which to act. Well, who are you asking for the legal basis from? If it's uh, obviously if the UN passed a security resolution as it did in Libya, we would do that. Uh, if uh, if NATO came together as we did in Bosnia, uh, we would rely on that. So you know we we have options here uh, if we want to build uh, the kind of international approach to dealing with the situation. Well, I'm for all for having an in international support, but I I'm really baffled by the idea that that somehow an international assembly provides a legal basis for the United States military to be deployed in combat. I don't believe it's close to being correct. They, have, they provide no legal authority. The only legal authority that's required to deploy the United States military is uh, the Congress and the President and the law and the Constitution. But let me just for the record be clear again, Senator, so there's no misunderstanding. When it comes to the national defense of this country, the President of the United States has the authority under the Constitution to act to defend this country, and we will. Uh, if, it, if it comes to a, an operation where we're trying to build a coalition of nations to work together to go in and operate as we did in Libya or Bosnia, for that matter, Afghanistan, we want to do it with permissions either by NATO or by the international community. Yeah. We want permission from NATO or the international community, Jeff. So just sit down. We don't need you guys. We don't need the Congress. We don't need the American people's approval. If we get NATO's approval or the UN resolution, we're good. We're covered. Don't worry about it, man. You go sit down and, once again, let the grown folks talk, and we'll figure this thing out. This is absolutely absurd, and the fact that you know the entire nation is isn't in an uproar about this is is absolutely baffling to me. When I heard this, my mouth dropped. It just dropped, and I was like, "This is absolutely ridiculous." Just completely take the Constitution and burn it. Not even the fact that NDAA is unconstitutional. Let's not even go there. Let's not even go with the NDAA where they can put a bag over your head and ship you off to some foreign country just because you're associated or we think that you're associated with some terrorist and you don't get any due process. That's what this whole system of government was set up for, guys. It was set up for due process and checks and balances. Each one of the branches keeps the other one in check, and that's why the courts are the supreme law of the land. The people are the supreme law of the land. We get to say, yes, guilty, not guilty. Not just some arbitrary, nope, we don't think so. We're going to put a bag over your head, and you're gone. Yeah, just because yeah, you, you kind of been talking about terrorism or whatever. So, absolutely unreal. Now, the one thing that I do want to get into is uh, a little bit is this uh, Coney 2012. So this will be this will be the entire show for Sunday, and this is the biggest piece of war propaganda that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I'm gonna watch the video again. I'm going to study it. I'll break it down for everybody on Sunday. But 
for some reason now it's a big deal for the American people to go after an African warlord who's got children in his army and is you know slaughtering people. Guys, they've been doing that for 15, 20 years. I wonder what it's about. Oh, wait, I think I might know. And if you go to my site and you look at the very last link, it's Ugandan oil reserves. Imagine that. So just to give you um, a brief highlight of the article, it says that um, – and it talks about who all is involved in this you know, ex exchange of oil and what have you. And it said the dominant player has been um, to, to Willow Oil who has proven discoveries of over a billion barrels of oil and estimates there might be 1.5 billion more barrels. But we're going over there after Joseph Coney, and I link to him in the Wikipedia, so it kind of gives you a breakdown of who he is. But here's the real catch to this, the, the coup de grace, if you will. Nobody has seen Joseph Coney for at least four years. We don't even know if he exists over there. But yet this is perfect for the military-industrial complex to say, wow, we've got another Osama bin Laden. we got another you know, shadow bad guy. We can go take him out, and we might just – we might you know, confiscate the oil reserves by where we're there, but that's just you know, for, for, for their safety. It's for the Ugandan people's safety. We're going to take the oil reserves. Don't worry about that. We'll have that, and then um, – and then you guys will be uh, you'll be in good shape because Joseph Kono will be gone. So this is what I want to leave you with. This is a rap that I found this morning, and a couple of my friends heard it. It's absolutely hysterical, and it really breaks down and highlights everything that I just talked about. Welcome, dear viewers, to the show. It's only the start of 2012, but already coast to coast, we hear reports that humanity has evolved globally. Now that we know the cause of all our woes, Joseph Coney, the world's now on a better path, and the panacea seems to have come from this hero white man here, whose internet video played a vital role in highlighting the plight of Uganda's child soldiers. It went viral and spread with unprecedented speed, shared over Twitter feeds and endorsed by celebrities. To tell us more, we're happy to have him on. It's General Baxter, representing AFRICOM. General Baxter, good to see you. Right back at you. Tell us, what does all this signify for Africa? Well, Robert, I can tell you for a start. Coney 2012 really made me appreciate art. When my son showed me this clip, my heart was stirred. I whispered to action to right the wrong that occurred. Tell us your feelings, General. Be honest. Since we killed Osama, there's been a hole in my stomach. Sorry to hear that. I miss him. Why? Because we desperately need a new dark-skinned Disney villain so we can justify defense budgets of trillions in a never-ending quest to kill him. And this time, it's African soil where we need to get embroiled and quick before China gets all the oil. So this Coney is a perfect gift, then. He looks like a bad guy and he hurts children. Coney 2012 was an experiment. Was it a success? Yes. Kids are begging the U.S. to bomb Africa next. Check this out. Let me introduce you to Gavin, my son. Gavin, what does Daddy do? Kill poor people. With yeah. Now look what happens when I show Gavin a picture of an African. Who's this? That's a bad guy. That's right. And what do we do to bad guys? We use drones and armed forces to kill them and take their resources. Yeah, see, Robert? Even a four-year-old has got it. This makes me so proud. The video's done more than you ever envisaged, and in 27 minutes, without cats or pity. We used to have to wait for terrorist attacks to justify interventions and mineral grabs. Now, thanks to viral videos, we can send advisors to lynch, I mean arrest, black, I mean bad guys. 
And what will you do once they've been caught? Hand them over to the International Criminal Court. You mean the same court which the U.S. refuses to submit to for its own war crimes and abuses? Is that hypocrisy? <laughs> Robert, honestly, the ICC only prosecutes dark people's atrocities. Okay, I hear there's been criticism of the video's accuracy, fallacies, and neo-colonial fantasies. Don't have such a heart of darkness, Robert. Join the missionary industrial complex. Save poor Africa from burning. Accept the white man's burden. Plus, 90 million Americans now know that Africa exists. That's good, no? I suppose so. All right, General Baxter, thanks for appearing tonight to explain the facts in black and, well, mostly white. Some might disagree with this call to make Coney famous, but what we've witnessed this week is nevertheless momentous. A demonstration of this Internet's potential ability to instantly inform and engage tens of millions, and a willingness of those millions of people to engage passionately with something more meaningful. Combined, these are promising signs of the potential energy that lies dormant and primed, ready to rise, when the moment arrives, what that moment will be, we shall see in time. Yeah, so I, I found that this morning, and I thought it was absolutely hysterical, but it also encapsulates everything that we all should be thinking. If we buy into this fake boogeyman one more time, as a nation, we are doomed. We can't keep chasing around you know, fake bad guys. I know it's fun to, to be scared of people. I know it's fun to be, to be scared of Osama B and all these other guys. But eventually, we're going to have to pull our heads out of the sand and face the reality. We need to worry about our country. We need to worry about our freedoms. So thanks for listening. 